since a young age, we were told to save and store as much as possible. Well, what if I told you that we were created to pour into others? Today, we are wrapping up our series called I'm In. I hope you'll join us right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful to be able to talk to you all today. We are praying. Uh, Our church has always been praying for you, our listeners on this uh, podcast, uh, that God will give you each and every week a reason and purpose of why he's placed you where you are at this moment in time listening to this podcast. Uh, We're in a message series uh, that I pray is building the faith and the heart of you, the church. Uh, It's called I'm In, right? We have been looking at four different qualities I believe that God calls for all of us to embrace as his church, as the body of Christ. Uh, If you've been with us and listened to the last few episodes um, of this series uh, of called I'm In, I would like to review a little bit and then we'll look at the theme for this week. Week number one, we looked at, I'm invited. Okay? You are invited into God's family. We all are included, no matter your situation currently and past and going on in the future. Uh, week number two, we, we looked at the powerful truth that you are invaluable. Everything that you do matters to God, Okay, to God's work through his, this church. Okay? Last week, uh, we studied the truth that I'm influential. Okay, You are an influencer. It doesn't matter how many people that you talk to. It doesn't mean you need 50, 40,000, you know, 4,000. It doesn't need 1,000. You just need one person because you are salt and you are light. This week, I want to show you that by the power of God, you can be invested in the work of God, in his church, to make a difference all over this world, okay? Now, some of you, as we talk about being invested in God's church, you might say, well, actually, I'm not really invested in God's church. And, and that's, that's good to be honest. And I want to help you today to recognize that you may not be invested in God's church yet, but the truth of the matter is you are invested somewhere, okay? You're invested. You believe in something. You're passionate about something. For example, if you buy season tickets to watch your favorite team play a sport, you become invested in that particular team. It might be 102 degrees out or it might be negative three degrees outside. And you're out there, you're on the field, your face is painted and you're acting like an idiot. Why? Because you're invested in what's going on there. Your heart follows your investment. If you're invited to attend a class on managing uh, managing money, we'll spit it out, uh, and and you don't pay for anything for it, you know, to be able to go, you may go or you may not go. You, You don't really care. And so on the other hand, if you invest some money into going to that class, say you pay for that class to manage money, you're going to squeeze that class for all it's worth, right? And the reason is because you are invested. Let's say you got an old junker clunker car, right? And someone says, hey, can I eat in your car? And you're going to say, for all I care, you can vomit in my car because it's an old junker. I don't care what happens to it. 
But if you invest in a new car and someone says, hey, can I eat in your car? You're going to say, you can't breathe in my car, okay? Because I'm invested in this car. And you know what it's like when you get a new car, you know, get that finally get that new car. You wrap up your kids in plastic before they'll get in. You can't touch anything. This is my new car. Because you're invested in something. We're all invested in something. The problem is that many of us, unfortunately, we're invested in things that don't last. We're investing in things that don't really matter for very long at all. And when you look at the words and the teachings of Jesus, Jesus actually uses a phrase again and again. Uh, he, he illustrates it in different ways, in different times, in different stories. And he tells us essentially not to invest in things that don't last, but instead to pour our treasures into things that will impact eternity. And so I want to read you one of those verses that he said, and then kind of show you several different examples from Scripture to illustrate this one big thought, okay, that I believe will, will help all of us as disciples of Jesus become more invested in God's work through his church, the bride of Christ, to make a difference in this world, okay? Here's the image of what Jesus says in many different ways throughout Scripture. It comes from Matthew six nineteen. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. He says, don't store up, don't hoard what you have. Don't invest everything that you have in places that don't last and don't matter. He says, don't store up. And so our key thought for today okay, is our God has created us to pour, not to store. Our God has created us to pour out, to be a blessing to others instead of storing up just for ourselves. Jesus said in another time this way, he says, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. In other words, we're created to pour, not to store, okay? Now, at this moment, some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, he's talking about giving. He's talking about tithing. This is that tithing message, right? And so I want to just say for the record, it's, it's not this annual thing that we do, okay? And if you don't like giving message, the good news is it's been a while since I've done a giving message uh, here on this podcast. Uh, and that's the good news. The bad news is I've been saving up for a while, okay? So you, you downloaded today, you're listening today on a day that I'm excited about. I want to talk to you about a very powerful life-transforming principle that, that we can be generously invested in building the work of God through his church, okay? We are created to, by God to pour, not store. The good news is I believe that most of you that are listening actually love to give, the truth of the matter is when you think about it, it's really a joy to make a difference in the life of somebody else, right? To take something that God has trusted to you and to realize, hey, you know what? I've actually have what I need. I have more than enough. I, I've, I'm going to take this and use it to, to bless someone else. There's a thrill in that. There's this deep satisfaction. There's an abiding sense of joy when you use what God has trusted to you to be a blessing to someone else. And that's why uh, very few of you will look back at your life and get emotional over consuming stories, okay? There are very few people that will say, you know, I've got to tell you the most emotional spending story of all time. Example, like, I went in and I wanted it and I didn't have the money for it, but I went ahead and charged for the bracelet. And it didn't cost that much, okay? It didn't cost very much. And it was such a great feeling to swipe that credit card and only pay 19% interest over the term of five years. Oh, I just feel so close to God when I do that. You don't have very many emotional spending stories, but I know those of you who are listening are generous. You, you may have plenty of emotional giving moments. When you look back over your life, 
Those of you that are tithers, you might get really emotional when you think about the first time you took the radical step of faith to worship God and give back a significant portion of what he's trusted to you back to him as an act of glorifying him. Or you gave an offering, or, or there was a, uh, something special in your, in your small group that had a need, and you gave them what was significant to you, to them. It might have been something like a car. Instead of training it in, you gave it to them. It might have been diapers to, to someone that had a baby. It might have been a meal. It might have been when you were prompted to buy someone's groceries in a grocery store just because you felt like you had resources and they had a need. And you look back over those times and you think, I really felt the joy of the Lord when I used what he trusted me to be a blessing to someone else. And the reason you felt joy in that is because you are created by God to pour out blessings, not to store them up. And the reason why that some people get upset or uncomfortable when we talk about giving, I believe is because we really want to give, but we feel like we're not in a place to give just right now. Okay? We'd like to give more, but we feel like we need more before we actually give more. And the reason I understand this so well is because I grew up consumed with a scarcity mindset. And those with a scarcity mindset, we tend to believe that there's only one pie. And if someone else gets a piece, then there's not very much to go around rather than believing you can actually make more pies, right? We tend to think there's not much. We, we've got to guard ours. We've got to protect what we have. And we tend to feel that whenever we have a scarcity mindset, we'd like to give more, but we can't because we don't have enough. So we live with this when-then attitude. You know, when I get more, then I'll give more. Well, the problem is we never have enough when we live with a scarcity mindset because we are consumed with fear. We're afraid. And so we believe we need more. And so we store it more and we keep it all to ourselves. And then we find that we never have enough because we always think we need more. In fact, Jesus told a parable about a guy that had this very mindset in Luke 12. And what's interesting in this, is, in this story is it's about a guy who was a rich farmer. And when you think about it, if he was a rich farmer, who made the guy rich? Well, God made the guy rich. The guy was putting stuff in God's ground and it grew back out. The guy was a hard worker. He obeyed the principles of seed and harvest and God blessed the guy. And he had a lot of stuff. But the problem is this guy is like a lot of us. He had a scarcity mindset. Look what it says in Luke chapter 12, starting with verse 17. Listen to what he says. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Okay. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and then I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, drink, and be merry. Okay, pause there for a second, because what did he say? He said, I will store up my surplus grain. You know, I'm not going to pour it out. I'm going to store it up. And so I love God's response to this, reading on in Luke 20. Listen to what God says. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. We're created to pour, not store. Whenever we start with the scarcity mindset, we're driven by fear. I've got to keep what I have. I've got to guard it. I've got to protect it. I've got to store it up. I want to tell you about another mindset that I really believe reflects the God of Scripture. And this is not a scarcity mindset. It's a mindset of abundance. We believe that we serve in an abundantly generous and good God. 
Our God owns everything. Our God is good. Our God loves to bless his children. Our God provides for our needs. Not only does our God give us enough, but our God often gives us more than enough so that we can be a blessing to others. Okay, This is not a scarcity mindset. This is a faith-filled, God-believing, God-honoring mindset that our God is a good God who generously blesses us so we can be a blessing to so many others. There was actually an amazing woman that lived a dark life that encountered the powerful grace of Jesus that lived with an abundant mindset. We talked about this woman in in week number one of this series in our podcast um, when we talked about I'm Invited. It was a story of a woman who was was a prostitute who heard about the grace of Jesus. She traveled a long way to meet him, walked straight into a house full of Pharisees and takes her most valuable possession, a jar full of very expensive perfume, valued at about a year's worth of wages, and because of who Jesus was and because of the grace he extended to her, this woman did not store up what she had. Instead, she poured it out. She didn't store. She poured her most valuable possession on the feet of Jesus as a sacrificial act of worship. You can almost imagine what she's thinking. If he's good enough to forgive me, he's powerful enough to provide for me. And whatever I have, I want to use it as an expression of worship to give to him. She didn't store she poured. What's interesting is there was another person in the story. His, his name was Judas, and Judas did not have an abundant mindset. Judas, Judas had a scarcity mindset. And if you don't know the full story of Judas, you might not know that he was the guy that betrayed Jesus. But why did he betray Jesus? What did he do it for? Well, he did it for, for some money. He was like, I need more, I need more, I need more. And when this woman, who was completely forgiven and transformed by Jesus, had no other resources but, but this to give to him, an extravagant expression of worship, Judas looked on as if to say, don't do that. And he was very, very angry. He raised his voice and said, stop that. That perfume could have been sold and the money could have been given to the poor. In other words, Judas looked on and said, we don't have enough to worship Jesus like that. We don't have enough to be generous. And Jesus said, what this woman has done is a beautiful thing. And in the year 2021, Pastor Dan will preach about it, uh, about her on this day. <laughs> okay, not exactly those words, but that's essentially what he said, that this, this story will be told for generations to come of her beautiful, sacrificial, extravagant moment of worship, knowing our God is a good God, and we're created to pour, not to store. I hope you'll realize this, that God created you to pour, to be a blessing and not to store. In fact, I'm going to tell you another story that to me is not only incredibly powerful, but it's actually a little bit funny when you really read into it and see what kind of happened, okay? This one comes from Luke chapter 9, and it's when Jesus fed the 5,000. And that's kind of what the title of the message will often say, uh, Jesus fed the 5,000. But I want to give you a little insight to this, okay? This was probably the biggest crowd that Jesus ever preached to because it wasn't just 5,000 people. During these times, whenever they would count a crowd, they would only count the man, they wouldn't count the women, and they wouldn't count the children. So this was probably a crowd of, oh, 15 to 20,000 or so people. Okay? This was probably, and most scholars agree, the biggest crowd that Jesus ever preached to. And I find it kind of funny because it was probably the longest message that he ever preached. You know, How many of you have ever been to a message that just went too long, right? Right? You know, you know what I'm talking about? If, you, if you've ever been to a place where somebody just goes on and on and on and on, and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. See, even that was bothering you, right? Because it just goes on and on and on. Now, that's what Jesus was doing this day. Jesus got on a roll and he didn't stop. 
Jesus had like 93 points in the sermon and because he was going on and on and on. And when you read between the lines, I think the disciples were actually getting bored and they were really, really hungry, okay? Because watch and let's see what happens in the text. Luke 9, uh, starting with verse 12. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so that so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. Now, I'm visualizing the meeting that took place with the 12 disciples before they spoke to Jesus, and, and they approached him together. I'm visualizing, okay? I'm thinking John called a meeting. Psst, Peter, come here. Thomas, Thomas, Barty, Barty, you come here too. By the way, that's Bartholomew, okay? Barty, come over here. And you too, Matthew, come here. Hey, are you guys hungry? You see, I thought we'd be done like four hours ago. Like we're in this fourth service and we haven't had even a bathroom break yet, you know? So I, ha- I have an idea. Thomas, you know, because Thomas is the dumb one, right? <laughs> Thomas, why don't you go tell him that he's going way too long? Thomas like, I'm not telling him that. You're crazy, right? And so John goes, okay. Then we'll all go together and we'll tell Jesus the people are probably kind of hungry. And so they all go over there together and they say, Jesus, you know, we love the sermon. We, we've got like three pages of notes and, and I could hear you forever. It's so good. But the people, they're probably hungry. They need something to eat. And watch what Jesus does in, in verse 13. He says, he replied, you give them something to eat. At this point, I'm, I'm imagining Peter panicking. This isn't what was supposed to happen. What, 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 do, you, what, what do you mean? What do you, what, what, do you, what do you mean we're supposed to go give them something to eat? You see, because the disciples had of a, of a scarcity mindset. Listen to how they respond. Okay? He said, go give them something to eat. And they answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all of this crowd. See, they reply, we don't have enough to give it to all the people. All we have is five biscuits and, and, and a long John Silver snack pack, right? <laughs> right? This is real stuff. We would love to go and give to all these 15,000 people, but all I've got is this value meal. This is not going to go very far. They're all, they're all going to starve and die out here, right? Let me show you, or let me tell you what Jesus did. Listen to what he did. Taking the five loaves... And the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Now visualize this. Here's five loaves and two fish. And Thomas goes to the first person and says, hey, take a very small, small piece, right? Because what would you do? You know, right? You've got 15, 20,000 people in front of you, and you've got these three little pieces of, you know, five little pieces of total of everything. Uh, of, of you got to split up between all these people, right? He gave them to the disciples, distribute to the people. 15, 20,000 people are there. Watch what happens. Verse 17, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. They fed 5,000 men, four or 5,000 women, maybe eight or 10,000 kids. And they had how many baskets left over? 12. In other words, it was like Jesus was saying, this is what I think is kind of funny. It was like Jesus was saying, hey, there's more than enough, and I'm going to give you 12 doggy bags so each one of you disciples can take one home as a reminder of the abundance of goodness of the God who provides more than enough, right? Isn't that kind of funny if you read between the lines, right? And so I want you to see what happened in the story. Notice the progression with the food. Jesus blessed it. The disciples gave it. 
and God multiplied it. Jesus blessed it, the disciples gave it, and God multiplied it. The principle is this, okay? What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies, right? You are created to pour, not store, to be a funnel of blessings, and as you are generous with others, God will often restore that provision and even multiply it, what is given. Now, here's a question I think uh, bears answering. When did God multiply what they had? Think about it for a second. At what moment did God multiply? God did not give them more when they stored it. God gave them more when they poured it. God gave and multiplied when they were generous and proved that they would be a funnel of blessings to take what God had trusted to them and use it to be a blessing to others. When God calls us to be generous, we need to remember generosity is not an act. It's a posture of the heart. It's a mindset. Generous people look for needs. Generous people become creative with what they have. Generous people realize that what I have is not all for me, that this isn't just for me to store up, but this is, this is made for me to pour out. Generous people realize it's a joy to make a difference in the lives of others. It's a mindset, right? It's a posture of the heart. God blesses. We give. He multiplies. What is the tithe? The tithe starts with the Hebrew word maser, which means a tenth. And the Old Testament teaches us, and Jesus affirms the tithe in the New Testament when he says this, you should do justice, you show mercy, and you should do what is taught. You should be obedient even in the tithe. The tithe is when we return a portion, a tenth is what that tithe means, of what God trusts to us back to him through an act of worship. That is why when you go to church, that's why it is talked about as a tithe, to give back to him. In fact, in the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi, Malachi was correcting some things that were wrong with God's people. He talked about their worship and corrected it. He talked about moral behavior and brought correction. He talked about their wrongful use of resources, and he brought very uh, strong correction. He said to them this. Listen to what he says to them. Bring the whole tithe. In a sense, bring 10% into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, in the New Testament, we tend to believe that that when we talk about the, the storehouse, that this is the local church. Today, there might be spiritual food that will strengthen you spiritually, that we worship God with the tithe through the local church. And the local church meets the spiritual and physical needs of people all over the world. Now, you might think, that's, that's, that's just the craziest thing I've heard. There ain't no way I can do that. No way. To do that, I would have to rearrange my life. I'd have to put God first. That would take, you know, crazy faith, right? Now, it's almost as if God knew that all of us would think that. Because the only place in all of Scripture he ever said, if you don't believe me, you can test me. And that's exactly what God said. He said, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. When we're faithful to God, he proves himself faithful to us. My hope today is this, that you recognize you're invested somewhere. Where you invest, your heart follows, right? And I hope with everything in me that you will recognize that you're invited into the family of God, that you're invaluable to God's work. You're, you're, you've got spiritual gifts inside of you to make a difference as a church and in this world, and that you are an influencer, that you are salt and you are light. And so let your light shine in this world as you are invested, not storing up, but pouring out because we serve an abundant, faithful, good, and generous God who gives his children more than enough so we, the people of God, can meet the needs of people 
in the name of the one who gave it all for us. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. That concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you enjoyed this series of what's called I'm In. Please join us next week as we start a new series called I Quit. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.